Hey folks, welcome back to episode four, our final episode in the introductory kingdom arc. This is kind of a long one at just over two hours, but it sets up some of the major events that we'll be playing with when we jump to the 1980s next episode. I also wanted to put a content warning on this one, in addition to our usual, regarding a child sustaining severe injury that happens from minute 59 to an hour and three minutes. As always, you can find us on Twitter at coven underscore podcast. Our theme music is by Ben Cronin. Now sit back, relax as much as you can, and I'll see you again in two weeks with our first episode of Sorcerer. Welcome to episode four of Kingdom. Welcome back to the livery. My name is Noah Lloyd. You can find me on the internet at Noah Gola. I actually have a quick plug this week. The book that I work, uh, worked on, the second edition of Harlem Unbound, has just been released in PDF through Chaosium. It will have been out for a few weeks already by the time you hear this. I'm not sure when the hardcover will be coming out, but that will be here uh, a few months from now from time of recording. And if you like the stuff we're, we're doing on the show, it's for a different rule system, but I think that you would would appreciate it as well. It's Lovecraftian horror um, set in 1920s Harlem, and I wrote a scenario that's in the book. Gary. Yo, what it do? My name is Gary Slack, uh, pronouns he, him. Ain't got much to say other than I hope everybody's doing all right and being safe and uh, wash your hands. <laughs> Kiefer. Hey, my name is Kiefer, also he, him pronouns. And Sharon? Oh, hey, um, I'm Sharon, uh, she, her pronouns, and I play Ruby Bataille. And uh, my pronouns are he, him, and they, them. So let's get a quick recap. Would anyone mind running through some of the things that happened last week? Sharon mentioned that she had some rough notes. So Very rough pick notes. On her. Um, okay, that's fine. I'm probably going to... So let's see so i have mostly end notes so i remember at the end um jim had basically been banished to this little house on the edge of the swamp after we had broken him out of jail um and oh gosh um let's see willie may was checking in on him ruby was also in the swamp and she started seeing these kind of ghostly supernatural figures in the swamp um jake was trying to calm the crowd who was kind of gathering and, and um i guess like revolting in the town square um what else well how did it start uh the end of episode two was uh jim discovering the body of jeremy phelps former tight end for the and i realized we don't have a mascot for the stephen f austin k-12 school so we should come up with a mascot for them nutria rat <laughs> okay uh nutria rat i actually had to google what this is also called a koi poo they're a non-indigenous vermin basically uh found in in texas in the marshes Perfect. That's that's what we are. The fighting Koipu. Yeah, so at the end of episode two, Jim discovered the body of Jeremy Phelps out in the clearing. And then at the beginning of episode three, he called Ruby Bataille out, and they had a, a discussion, along with Jake, about whether or not to call the sheriff. 
Sheriff was eventually called. Eventually, Jim was arrested on Jake's kind of, I don't know if suggestion is the right word, but uh, machinations, maybe. (laughs) That maybe implies more intent than Jake had behind it. Maybe not. And then Willie Mae Hooks and Ruby Bataille planned to break Jim out, which they did. And then we went into a crisis. Does anybody remember how the crisis went down? We break Jim out of jail and essentially hold him up in a shack on the swamp uh, to evade capture. Um, Willie Mae and Ruby, um, when they're out there one one of these days, um, they both notice these ghostly tendrils. Uh, Ruby is sort of compelled to see what's going on. Willie Mae tries to stop her. Um, Ruby eventually stops in her tracks, and Willie Mae explains the essence of these uh, spirits and how Willie Mae might have had something to do with their making manifest. All the while, Jim from the shack is basically like, well, we got to get the hell out of Dodge, and pretty much decides to split. Um, Willie Mae sees this and, you know, as Ruby fainted, grabs her and tries to bring her back to safe harbor, um, all the while trying to catch up with Jim, at which point she excoriates him for turning his back on the community that gave him their all to put him through school. Um, this is all the while Jake is on the other side of the tracks preventing folks from basically going whole hog and fucking shit up um jim if i understand correctly was persuaded to stay um after much 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 deliberation and then willie and ruby go looking for a book um in the library that's said to have uh some information about exactly who these spirits are and what can be done to sort of curb their influence Yep, that's right. And then at the at the very end, and here we can kind of we can start jumping back into Kingdom. At the very end, kind of the last scene we saw was Jim being asked to give up a part of his humanity basically in order to repel the the spirits that would have brought down the town. And uh we see his uh, his iris and pupil kind of collapse into a a hole, basically a vacancy. Something you might not notice at a distance, but if you were to talk to him and look look at him in the eyes for too long, you would start to be unsettled and realize there's something maybe not quite right. So that was me changing characters from or character roles rather from perspective to power. And the thing that that Jim has given up is both kind of a a piece of his humanity right he's a little less and a little more at the same time than he was before and a connection to the community is both again this kind of ambivalent it's stronger in some ways Willie Mae suggested that he would never be able to leave the livery again an idea I really like but on the other hand he feels I don't know if betrayed is the right word but pressured yeah coerced coerced is the right word absolutely uh, by the community to stay and to take on this kind of burden to prevent it from collapsing. So 
<laughs> that's where we are. No big deal. <laughs> the current state of affairs. We now have three power characters. Ruby Bataille, Jake Brown, and Jim Lewis are all power characters. Willie Mae Hooks is still a touchstone. The current crossroads question is, will the town discover Jeremy Phelps' killer? We have two X's in boxes with three remaining. We only have, we have one prediction, which I actually need to remove my name off of since I am no longer a perspective, which is that Jim will be wrongfully accused and an order from Kiefer that the sheriff will be elected mayor. These are both if Phelps's killer is not discovered. We have no X's in the crisis box because we just went through one. And then we have two X's out of four on the time passes card. And it is my turn to set a scene. Oh, okay. I was trying to decide if how, how much time should have passed between the crisis and this next scene. And I think we're just gonna go the next day, the next morning. And Jim is going to Jake Brown's convenience store with the Tommy Joe, is it Tommy Joe's convenience store or general store? General, I believe. Perfect. Yeah, Tommy Joe's general store. So despite, and you know, want to lay cards on the table here a little bit, despite him still being wanted, and maybe maybe him, actually th this works quite, quite well, him escaping from the sheriff's jail, that's something else we didn't mention. Willie May, kind of at the end of the summoning, wanted to bring a... a something bad to befall Sheriff Travis's office. So I think uh, we will wait to hear what Gary says has happened to the sheriff's office. But Jim escaping is probably overshadowed a little bit by the almost race riot that the town had the night before. So Jim is not too worried, especially since he has this newfound power and he, it's bright and early. Kiefer, what time does the uh, general store open? Uh, I think, uh, eight. Okay. So it's 8.02 and Jim walks through the door. As as far as characters in this scene, I kind of just wanted to be Jim and Jake. What does the what does the interior of the general store look like? Um, I think it's pretty classic. I don't I don't know, it was never in a general store in the nineteen sixties, but I imagine it's a lot of you know, very newly mass-produced food items kind of up at the front, like things that people are seeing on TV and are very exciting. But then also just, it's a small town general store, so there's like relatively locally grown produce and maybe a butcher counter, but not much of one. Um, mm -hmm. Actually, but maybe it's Texas, so there is much of one. Yeah, um, there, like there probably is, yeah. Yeah. There's like, but I, I think it's still smaller and there's like maybe a Piggly Wiggly in the town nearby or something. Mm -hmm. And this has like a small meat counter with just like a couple cuts of beef and chicken and pork and then like a fish counter produce and probably bulk goods still. Um, right. Yeah. It's nice. The shelving is wire. There's one check stand with a register on either side of it never really gets that busy jake has an office in the back room perfect where is jake when jim enters and i imagine we hear the ding ding of the <laughs> of the door as it swings open um, i mean 
I had kind of set up that he's not really in the front of house as much anymore. And mm-hmm. so yeah. he would probably be in the back room. But if you don't want to have anyone else in the scene, otherwise I no, like we, we can... need a... We we can we could have like a cashier or something. I was just thinking as far as like the focus of this scene would be Jim and Jim. Yeah, we need like a teen cashier. To... Oh, that's good because teen teen cashier means that they uh, that they go to the same school Jeremy Phelps went to, right? Mm-hmm. Even if they never knew him. So tell me about the tell me about the cashier. I think they're just like a I think like not popular but not nerdy think they're probably male like a sophomore from a family that he likes to pretend is doing better than it is financially which is like and he like kind of acts like he works at the store because it's fun even though he really needs to to be a productive member of his household Mm -hmm. Uh, and let's let's call this person michael rodriguez would someone like to play Michael? Maybe Sharon? Okay. Yes. Jim walks through the door, ring ring. Uh I'm never I'm never going to equal the the perfection with my first attempt at making that sound. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Thank you. Jim walks through the door. I think that Michael Rodriguez is is either at the cashier stand or kind of at a shelf right next to it stocking. Yeah. And you see the person who has been accused of killing one of your classmates, whether or not you ever met him, walk into the building. Okay. So Michael kind of looks up and he uh, sees Jim and he's immediately kind of nervous. So he's he's like, aren't you? And he kind of just trails off. And then he just like shakes his head and is like, oh, well, never mind. Um, What are you doing here? I'd like to speak to Mr. Brown. Uh, yes, okay. I assume he's somewhat afraid of Jim at this point. So he um, scurries off to find Jake and says to Jake... And I want to say that that Jim just kind of follows on Michael's heels, right? (laughs) So when the door to the back office opens, Jake can probably see Jim hovering right behind Michael. So um, Mr... Uh, Mr. Mr. Brown, um, this, uh, uh, well, well, it's Jim. Jim. Jim is here. I, I'm not really sure how or where he has come from, but uh, here. Yes. Okay. And then he just scurries back to the front, but is kind of keeping an ear out for what will happen. Okay. And Jim just stands kind of in the doorway. Can I help you? Mr. Brown, I feel like we've seen each other around a lot lately. I suppose so. It's not a very big town, and I'm a pretty busy guy. I get around. Can I help you? Jim steps into the office and closes the door behind him. Is there is there another chair in the office? Yeah, probably like a regular-ass wood chair. Jim pulls the chair over and then sits down, so he's kind of directly facing Jake. What are your plans for this town, Mr. Brown? I don't really have plans for the town i have plans for my store and my i just want to see things work out well for everybody i'm just trying to put us on the map a little bit you know like i'm trying to grow my business and be successful it's the american dream work out well for everybody who who exactly are you including in everybody i 
everybody. Everybody who works hard and is trying to get ahead and isn't going to hold us back. I, I don't... Everybody. So not a very big town. There's not that many people. What What is the door of the office made out of? Wood. And the handle? Metal or wood? Handle is metal. It's a doorknob. And there's like a glass window with Jake's name on it. But it just says Jake. It doesn't say Mr. Brown. Okay. Jim stands up and takes takes the door handle and sorry not jake jim excuse me jim stands up takes the door handle looks over his shoulder mr brown the problem with getting ahead is that not everyone can get ahead someone has to be ahead of someone else and he opens the door steps out and closes it quietly behind him and I think Jake notices that the wood around the the metal handle has seemed to I don't know if Jake would put this together, but for the for the viewer at home, it would be obvious that the wood around the door handle has charred somewhat. Hmm. And I'm gonna call that scene. Yeah. So reactions. I'm now a power character, so I would like to make a command. Will the town discover Jeremy Phelps killer? Uh, okay. So I'm going to make a command. If the town discovers Jeremy Phelps' killer, uh, the killer burns. Ooh. Okay. Burn the witch. <laughs> Would anyone else like to have a reaction? Um, if I want to change the perspective, do I do that here or do I do it at the beginning of my turn? Or Let's do it. I mean, if you had a reaction to the scene we just played out... Uh, I think you could do it. Like if Ruby had a reaction to the scene that just played out, then you could certainly switch to another role. Otherwise, I would wait till your scene, which is next turn anyway. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I'll wait. Okay. So, or I can do anything right now. I always kind of forget that. Yeah, anything. <laughs> Gary, do you have anything? I need to think. Uh, nah. Not anything substantive. If the town discovers Jeremy Phelps's killer, Jake will be elected mayor. Ooh. Oh, nice. Oh. <laughs> I will. I will add that for you. Yeah, he definitely get the support of the black folks if Jake is proactive and you know. Um, and Noah, are you? Did you go crossroads there? I have not. I have not made a, a determination yet. Um, I mean, I haven't, I haven't done anything towards discovering Jeremy Phelps's killer, and we just had a crisis. So I think that I am going to add an X actually to the time passes card. Okay, I think we are good. Wait, how much time passes? None uh, yet. We have to fill the boxes. Yeah, yeah, oh, we have oh, to oh. fill the the four boxes on the time passes card, and then we would resolve, we would resolve oh. that. So we have one more box left in time passes? Yeah. So the next time someone places an X in the time passes card, we will... Jump ahead. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. All right. So uh, Ruby wanted to change her role, and you can do that now, or you can do that at the end of your turn. Let's do it now. Hold on. Let me pull up the document and remember what I have to do. Do, 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 do. Sorry. (laughs) Um, okay, I've got it. 
Yeah, sorry. Again, been in isolation for a few days now. Yeah. Uh, okay. When you want to change, follow these steps. Show us your change. Declare you're changing. Role player narrate the change in your character. Show us how you're taking on the new role or losing the old one. You just have to describe how the new role fits the character. And pay a price. Um, describe something you have lost or left behind because of the change other than the role itself. So what does the change from power to either perspective or touchstone look like in Ruby? Okay, so I want to switch her to perspective. Um, and Great. basically it's it's more of a reaction to what happened the day before, um, I guess in her last scene with Willie Mae and Jim. Um, because I think now she has seen the extent to which these supernatural influences exist in the town. Um, and she also, you know, realizes that compared to Willie Mae and compared to I get new Jim, um, she, you know, like just on a on a um, I guess uh, on like on like a physical and like spiritual power level, like she sees that like they clearly have more contact with these supernatural beings um, and and these influences, and they can clearly wield more power in that regard. Um, but she also realizes that she now knows more than almost any of the other townspeople because she has seen it firsthand that, you know, there are some kind of demonic otherworldly things happening um, in the town. So she's more in a position now to understand and predict what will happen, um, even if she can't control it in the same way that Willie Mae and New Jim can. Great. Yes. And then, I, I mean, so in terms of... I was just gonna say, in terms of what she's losing, I guess it's sort of um, I don't like I don't know if it could be something so abstract, but it's sort of like a I guess like a loss of confidence or like I, I guess it's like a gained sense of like wonder and all, but like a lost sense of the idea that she knows what is real and what's not anymore. Is that too abstract? No, I mean I think I think like what you're saying is that Ruby's her her sense of reality has shifted right yeah and her her ability to have concrete faith in the world around her has has eroded away right yes yeah exactly yeah i think that's a perfect price to have to pay great it also works really nicely with giving up power that having been right. explicitly shown that there are powers far beyond your control one would yeah. no longer yeah. yeah all right so it's yes. now your turn to set a scene yes okay so i'm gonna keep it the day after so same day just a little bit later um okay. i would like to have i would like to have okay so back in the library we'll have ruby and willie may in there um continuing to kind of look at these old these old books that relate to relate to these i guess i'm calling them demonic powers now but um they relate to these these powers and these entities and just trying to learn more and trying to get a grasp on what that means for the town. But I would like to have Jim come back in at some point. Um, maybe as we start the scene, we can have Ruby and Willie Mae being in the middle of additional research. Um, and Jim has left the general store and returns to the library and walks in. Okay. Um, I do, I have a couple of complicating questions. Yes, go for it. W one, what are these books doing in a small town library? And 
which and we don't have to answer that but we should at least be thinking about it and two what does the library look like you know this is a this is a relatively small town how big is it how many floors is it what's the demographic it's trying to serve etc so let's say that the library is two floors and that's one of the oldest buildings in the town and because there have always been these rumors that um that there is something supernatural happening um especially in the swamp like i guess there would have been just like this one little kind of decrepit falling apart section on the second floor that nobody really visits but it has just kind of like locally published memoirs or or pamphlets about what has been seen in the past dating back to uh whenever the town was founded. I don't know if we ever discussed that at the beginning. Willie May mentioned in an episode that the town had been around for about 100 years. And I think that having a kind of a rough start date of the 1860s for the livery really makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So that that's kind cool. of what what I've been thinking. Yeah, that makes tons of sense. So yeah, so we could have just documents in this sort of like local history section that date back to almost the 1860s. Even like, you know, how they would have like old um, newspaper on the film machines. What do you call those things? Microfilm. Yeah. um, So yeah, they would have clippings from old newspaper things, just various, various local publications, nothing that would have like a national circulation, but that documents some of this to some degree. Um, Yeah, no, I, I love the idea that these kind of arcane tomes you're looking into are maybe even, and this could be part of why the research is difficult is there it's not like these are magical grimoires or anything right these are people's personal diaries and journals that you were trying to extrapolate knowledge from yeah unless unless that's not what you were no no i think that's i think that's good um and then you know people who have successfully influenced these demonic powers in one way or another would have probably mentioned that in these journals so there would be some inklings some clues as to you know how to exert additional influence or keep them contained right Cool. Yeah. Ruby, Willie Mae, and then Jim is entering. Do we want to start with Jim entering the second floor? Why, why don't we get just a moment of, of Ruby and Willie Mae, and then Jim can pop in? Sure. So Ruby is flipping through some of these old journals, and she turns to Willie Mae, and she asks, how much of this have you known? She's like, I've, I've always, I've always heard these rumors, but I didn't realize that this has been going on since this place was founded. This is beyond. Well, it goes even deeper than that. It goes well before delivery was delivery and it was just the swamps and a few shacks. But so long as there've been people here, there've been accounts of what's been going on just have to look for them. what is it that um what is it that you think makes these spirits come out every once in a while it seems this time it happened when there was a lot of internal conflict happened happening between the humans it seems like it happened right as we started building on their land with the water park i, I don't know i do we work with them do we try to banish them i don't how what are we supposed to do thing is about the spirits is the spirits do what the spirits do and you know, there ain't no rhythm to what they're trying to do. I remember my great-grandmother would tell me about the last time these spirits appeared before us. But it wasn't 
It wasn't like what we saw at the swamp yesterday. What happened last time? At which point, Jim enters the area of the library. Perfect. So that he can hear this story. Yes. I just, you know, my great-grandmother was a, you know, she was a quiet sort. She didn't really talk too much. Um, She was a little bitty girl when it happened, and all she could tell me was, like, it was just orbs of, like, green, like, oozing just energy (laughs) like circling um all over there was a huge fight that broke out and it seemed like the spirits convened before too much damage could happen so it doesn't seem they want to destroy the town they just want to stop humans from destroying the town like i said the spirits do what spirits do all i've been trying to do is understand them and Sometimes they get a little bit out of my hands and, you know, they do actually fuck shit up. But And sometimes you, know. you direct them to fuck shit up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you decided to show up. I, I thought you would have been halfway to Austin by now. You and I both know that's not going to happen anytime soon. Is <laughs> 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 that scene? Yeah, I think that's good. No, I think that's good. I think we've established some new things. Uh, reactions? Yeah, reactions. So, and this, I'll, I'll sort of, I guess, address this when it's my turn. Um, can't, this is like reaction, but also a question. Um, so, are you able to change your roles like you have to wait until your turn to change your role right nope uh so you can change your role i don't know if it's anytime you're in a scene um or whenever you want the only rule as far as changing your role is that you can't do it i mean not the only rule but the rule dictating when you do it is you can't have two roles in the same scene so like um you've just been a touchstone uh you could check or you can't uncheck but you could check the crisis box right now even though it's not your turn because you're a touchstone um right and then if you switched to another role right now you wouldn't be able to use that role's power in this scene um but you can switch kind of at the beginning or end of any scene that your character is in i got you i'll hold off on those thoughts then and just say that her reaction um you know, Jake's, uh, not Jake's, uh, Jim's question about, you know, her conducting these energies, like, has me thinking, like, you know, exactly what are these spirits and are they as malicious as Ruby and Jim and Willie Mae and Jake seem to think they are? Or why are they convening so early now if the last time they convened was after a major riot broke out you know for whatever reason that riot was about um could they be warning could they be you know doing something else she's curious um with what little power she does have over them great did you want to uh do anything with your touchstone power um no we'll leave it be for now okay um the only reaction I would like is for Ruby to sort of notice this time that something is up with Jim's eyes and that, you know, she doesn't really know what that means exactly, but she takes note that something seems different. 
Mm-hmm. For sure. Do you want to make a prediction about one way or another that the crossroad goes? Not, not yet. Yeah, okay. no prediction yet. Jim does not have a reaction either. I'm not sure what Jake would react to, but would toss that out there just in case. Yeah, I don't have anything. Okay. And then Ruby needs to advance a card. Oh yeah. Um, what is? Do we? What's the new crisis? We would determine After what the crisis have... is once we fill the card. Yep. Let's throw one in there. Okay. I will do you want to toss it in do there it? for you. Okay, great. Can, why do you feel like this built towards crisis? Hold on. Sorry, I'm eating blueberry. <laughs> I'm trying not to chew. Okay. The most demonic of fruits. I know. I know. I think it's just like the continued knowledge that there's something supernatural happening. It's just further pushing it to like toward some kind of larger supernatural thing happening. I don't know. That is my general thinking, but I'm happy to put it elsewhere if we think that's not correct. I only ask because, yeah, it didn't seem like anything specific was happening that was getting worse for the kingdom as a whole. It felt like there was, it was more of like a personal discovery. Okay, yeah, then actually, I agree with you. I agree with you. Let's put it under Crossroads instead if we can move that guy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Cool. That also, it makes sense to me that a potentially spiritual killer In, yeah. would have uh, you people learning more about the killer could get us closer to it. Or yeah. more about spirituality could get closer to finding the killer. Yep. Sorry to uh, push back on you. No, no, it's good. I like that. All right, which means it is now Jake Brown's turn. I think I want to have a scene with Elijah or with Ezekiel. Nice. Maybe Ezekiel and the sheriff. Boy, howdy. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, Ezekiel has been played by both myself and Sharon at this point. Sharon, do you want it or do you want me to take it? You take it. Okay. Where is this? Where are we meeting? Does Ezekiel have an office of any sort anywhere? Or is he like just kind of coming in and out of town as he invests? Like, I think it could either be in the, in Jake's office or I'd rather it be not somewhere right in the middle of everything, I guess. Right. I don't think Ezekiel, Ezekiel probably has an office in Houston maybe and then drives into town when he needs to and stays at Shay J. So this could be like a hotel room meeting. Could be meeting in Ezekiel's hotel room in Shay J. Let's meet at the attached restaurant of Shay J, like a booth in the back that they hold for nobody but that is a nice booth. Mm-hmm. So this is the same dining room we saw the Chamber of Commerce meet in. Yes. Great. Thanks for coming. We, uh, Ezekiel, I'm sure you're as worried as I am about the situation. I, I must say the events of last night were a little unexpected. I, I'm afraid some of my investors back east might be, might be thinking of withdrawing. Withdraw if you want, but you've got a lot of money sunk into construction already. Think, think 
think we need to figure out something that's going to make this go away. And what did you have in mind? And then the sheriff, like, comes in if he's... Is the sheriff already in there? Uh, up to you. Sheriff can enter now. So, so the sheriff, you can hear his horse uh, galloping up the street. And he parks his horse in front of uh, the office and comes in like guns blazing. Boy, what's going on? It seems like everybody's just so full of pep. What? Now, Mr. Brown, why are you looking so down? Why so glum? This guy's just like animal from the Muppets. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, if it wasn't for the like horrific racism and abuse of power stuff, he'd be charming. Exactly. Um, (laughs) You know, if it wasn't for his whole personality. uh, Right. No, totally. And and belief system. Um, (laughs) Right. Sheriff, everything's... Ezekiel, I think someone someone on one of your work crews needs to go down for this. I think Ezekiel is kind of... Sorry, all I was going to say is Ezekiel drums his fingers on the table and looks towards the sheriff to see what the sheriff's reaction would be to this suggestion. Now, 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 just hold up a second. Now, um, I think for once, me and Mr. Brown actually kind of have the right idea. Now, Zeke, you know, you you came here with, with all the promise in the world. You looked at our little town and said, now this is a town that we can put ourselves behind. And you're going to let what? One little incident like this take away all that promise? I thought you New Yorkers was all about the long haul. So why are you backing out now? Mr. Travis, your office is in ruins. Uh. Uh. Listen. Rome wasn't built in a day. And I'm sure, Ezekiel, you won't... Your investors wouldn't expect significant gate traffic at... A water park in a town with no sheriff. Something has to be done if this is going to work out for anyone involved. And it seems like there's a way it can work out for pretty much everyone except for... Do you care about your workers that much? Are they... Are they even your guys? I assume you just hired some crew from Houston. What does it matter to you? Ezekiel gives kind of a wry smile and looks down at the, the faux wood paneling of the table. What exactly are you are you suggesting they take a fall for? Inciting to riot? Murder? There's been a lot going on around here lately. Well, having one of the out-of-town workers take a fall for inciting a riot isn't going to do anything to calm tempers in the town. It's not going to do anything to rebuild the sheriff's office. It's not going to do anything to restore trust in our government. It's not going to do anything to make people want to visit the livery. Well, I just hate to see everybody just so down. Don't worry about the sheriff's office. And don't worry about anything else that, you know, was destroyed. We'll, we'll just put it back together with some elbow grease. I want everyone to walk out of this meeting with the same kind of excitement and exuberance that y'all had when we first inked this deal. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for, too. Even if the world around us is about to crash. Yeah. So. I'll make some inquiries. Yeah, um, so I think that's seen, and I think that, can't I just say that it happens? Yeah, uh-huh, you can make the town do things, yep. Yeah, so I'm gonna just order the town to arrest the town, the sheriff, the kingdom, to 
arrest somebody from one of the work crews. Mm-hmm. We should give them a name. Yeah. Trent, question mark. <laughs> yeah, how about Trent Travis? Related to, no to relation. the sheriff? No relation. How about Travis Trent? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with Travis Trent. Yeah. Wait, is he? What are his charges? Inciting a riot? Is that murder? Mur- oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I imagine he's like the new guy on the squad. He's local labor from Houston. Maybe he has a criminal past. Like, I assume if they're gonna stitch this guy up, they're gonna do it with some work. Because I'm saying it, they're gonna stitch this guy up, and they're going to do it with some due diligence. Because Ezekiel is big money guy from New York City, and Jake isn't trying to blow it. Right. Uh, tell me just a little bit more about Trent. We know he has a criminal background, maybe like larceny. Um, yeah, I'm thinking like assault. armed robbery. Okay, yeah, armed robbery, but has never actually killed anyone, right? Would no, be my guess. But like, there's like some violent crime in his past. Uh, right. Maybe like something drug use related. My mind is going to meth, but I don't know if they had meth in the 1960s or if they did. I think you were just still allowed to do it. Um, but yeah, like maybe it's not, eh, it's probably drugs. It's probably heroin. And he's like, I'm seeing him as like a five foot nine white guy with kind of like a sallow face and greasy hair. That's like not long, but not short. Right. And skinny. Okay. I, yeah, I take it. I take it. I like it. (laughs) Do you want to make any, do you want to have a reaction and do you want to make any orders as well? I feel like my reaction is just, again, Jake sitting in his office as uh, Travis gets taken in and like looking out the window and feeling like kind of nodding to himself. And I have so much trouble telling the difference between orders and predictions, but uh, I think... uh, an order is something that will come to pass if you like it's something that the town will do depending on which way the crossroad goes and then Mm -hmm. the and then you decide whether or not it actually occurs like the power characters decide whether or not it occurs once the crossroad resolves and then predictions are this is something that might happen and they're they're a little bit more up in the air Okay, um, then I think it, the order is, uh, if Travis Trent is convicted, the town will come together and put Jim Phelps' death behind, or Jeremy Phelps' death. If Travis Trent is convicted, the town will come together and put Jeremy Phelps' death behind them. Um, let's look up orders real quick because I think they have to be related to the crossroad. So we, we might just have to, to restate that a little bit. Isn't that related? Like the town discovering Jeremy Phelps' killer? Well, but I, we've determined that Trent is not Phelps' killer, right? He's being falsely put up. Ooh, I don't, Okay. I think I was thinking of that as counting as him being right. Like he's the killer. Like the town has discovered that he's the killer. Like, like I guess that's how I've been thinking of it. Like it has the thing that happens as opposed to the thing that it is. But 
what do what do other folks think about that? About whether or not Travis is definitely the actual killer? Well, no. Tra- so Trent is is definitely Trent. not the actual killer. I think I think that we can we can make that statement, right? He's not. He did not actually kill Jeremy Phelps. Okay. So the the question is the interpretation of the crossroad is uh, so will the town discover Jeremy Phelps killer? Oh, like w- will they discover his actual killer, or will they just make a conviction that they think is right? Yeah, and and would the crossroad would Trent fulfill the requirements of discovering Jeremy Phelps' killer, even though Trent did not commit the act? I don't. I feel like no. I don't. I don't know. Mostly because if we want to. Um, I don't know. My instinct is no, because I feel like that might leave, that might not be enough of a conclusion, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like moving forward into uh, the next game. Sure. So. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Gary, what do you think? Rephrase the question. Does the town have to discover Jeremy Phelps's actual killer? Like the person who caused him to die? Or does the town have to be satisfied as a whole that the guilty party has been found. So, sort of using Willie May's touchstone. Um, or this is more of a rules inter. Like, what do you... Or, or Willie May's touchstone, I guess. What do I personally think? I think that... <sighs> I'm just thinking, like, mechanics moving into sorcerer. Like, what is more useful? I guess... The thing that I'm struggling with is I've been assuming this whole time that the killer was supernatural in some way. Right. And so in my understanding of it, it is essentially impossible for the town to discover who the killer is because it would require everyone in the town to believe that there were supernatural forces at work that had caused the death of a teenage boy, which I don't I don't know what to do with that or like what that world is. But maybe that's my Another another way that we could that we could interpret your your order just based on like different interpretations is you could put it under the no column, right? So the town if the town accepts Trent, they haven't discovered the actual killer, but they will put it behind them. And if it went in the no column, then that would also mean the sheriff will be elected mayor, right? Just kind of a, another way to th- to think about it. Right, but I'm trying to have Jake be elected mayor, not the sheriff. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But you, but we, we decide as powers what what happens, right? And you, you can you make determinations about your orders whether or not they occur once the crossword resolves. Right. I guess I don't. Maybe the killer doesn't have to be supernatural, um, and we're just completely barking way up the wrong tree. Maybe Jim is actually guilty, but I guess you have will be falsely accused. But if it's not, yeah, it it doesn't seem okay to me or like it seems hard for me to it's hard for me to deal with the idea that only no could be true because i definitely don't think unless we're saying we do want to have our game of coven happen in or our game of sorcerer happen in a world where absolutely everyone is totally okay with the fact that magic exists yeah, I think I'm I'm being taken over to your side now in terms of like what it means for the crossroads card. Um, like, yeah, I think. I mean, you're right. But something else to re- remember is that sorcerer is a game about people binding demons to themselves, right? So the fact, the idea that possession would be a thing, is certainly not off the table, 
right? Yeah, and to that point, that like it's 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 difficult, right? If it's a supernatural force, but what if like it actually was Trent in the flesh, but you know, compelled by, but then you know that sort of opens the door to a whole bunch of other questions, right? That's actually kind of where I was hoping to drive this. I just wasn't sure if I was going to get another scene. And 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 if that's the direction we we're going, then I would say it. I I feel like legally, like as in you know the legal architecture of delivery, um, it would be difficult for those powers that be to like infer that that's what happened. But what about our player character? who have at least three of the four have like you know eyewitness evidence that there's some fucked up shit going on yeah yeah and in that case it's really really may right as the touchstone who knows what happened right or what knows what the town thinks right no i also i guess i would love it if you could just give me you introduced the crossroads so Mm -hmm. what you were thinking because to me if, I don't know, Joe Schmo committed the murder while possessed, then the town still hasn't found the real killer if they go after Joe Schmo because the real killer is the possessor, not yeah. the, right? Like, Joe Schmo is the gun, not the murderer. Yeah, sure. I mean, I like burning things down, right? <laughs> like, as a as a GM <laughs> and as a player. Um, so I'm, I don't know. And the town in the 1960s is going to be different than the town in the 1980s, right? Like, there's there are all kinds of ways that people repress knowledge, whether it's individually or culturally, right? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it would it would be interesting to me if the town discovered that there were these that there were these supernatural forces that had killed someone and then somehow repressed it, and that that became a part of the story that we were telling in the 80s. I don't know that you have fully convinced me, Kiefer, but I think that you should roll with the interpretation you think is most interesting. And if and we can just add, you know, if the town accepts Trent as the killer and put it in the yes column, then they'll leave the Phelps murder behind them. Yeah, I, I, I think that's okay. No, I, I think uh, I, I kind of came around to your way of thinking at the end of it there. Um, (laughs) yeah i think maybe i'll just withdraw the order entirely and it can just be that yeah so they've taken this guy into oh custody yeah well i was gonna i was gonna say that i i think we've we've maybe stumbled upon the distinction between an order and a prediction right but I withdrew that because I think that would just draw us into more semantic. Like, we've got four English people out here. Uh, if we start talking about semantics, <laughs> we're just going to fall down a rabbit hole. Well, semantically, only Sharon is English right now. The rest of us are American. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh you go God. into the corner for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think you're right, Noah. I don't... I think... Uh, I think I could order the town to... You could order them to accept Trent, right? Yes, whereas, exactly. Yeah, whereas the acceptance of Trent would be a prediction. Or I could order them to accept Trent, but that resulting in them putting Jeremy Phelps behind them would be a prediction. 
So, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so will the town discover Jeremy Phelps' killer? If no, they will accept Trent as a... Uh, they will accept the framing of Travis Trent. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. Great. Sorry. No, no. This, I'm is, gonna say that's, this is good. I'm going to say that's Crossroads. Wait, sorry. Now I'm trying to remember... Um, uh, is it on roll 20? The like, no. Thing. Yeah. Yep. Wait, so if no, then they accept Trent. Yeah, if they don't discover the real killer, they will okay. accept Trent in his place. I think that this would be a great moment for a prediction if Ruby had, had an idea for something. Or if Sharon had an idea for something about Ruby. Hold on, I'm looking at the yes, no. So if the kingdom discovers the actual killer not trent then the actual killer burns and jake becomes mayor yes so that would be if they discover the probably supernatural killer correct so if they don't discover the real killer then they're accusing trent and they're um he's guilty in the eyes of the law and then the sheriff becomes the mayor and and we have a wait but jim is already yeah we have a prediction here on the no side, which says Jim will be wrongfully accused. That was a prediction I made. I'm no longer a prediction. So we would just kind of, I don't remember I if mean, we he, collect. He's also already been wrongfully accused. Yeah, so that was that's yeah, so that has fault. Already I shouldn't have arrested him. <laughs> it's yeah. all good. Like, yeah, we'll we'll just deal with it when we come to it. But those are the, the stakes currently. Okay. Sorry, I'm like looking at both and trying to weigh. I mean, does anyone have any suggestions? in terms of potentially another yes prediction? Well, we don't have any yes predictions at the moment. We only have yes orders. That's what the asterisks are about. Oh. Um, which, and they resolve slightly differently when we finish out this crossroads card. Okay, so so a prediction is like not set in stone. It's just a thing that might happen. Correct. So if the kingdom does discover that there is a supernatural force behind the killing... Can I predict that Willie Mae just rises in status because she's one of the few people who has control over it? I don't know what that means, rises in status. I guess, like, becomes a powerful figure in the community as somebody who has understanding of this. I don't know how to um, rephrase that in a shorter way. I think becomes a powerful figure works. Yeah. Okay. And that kind of... (laughs) goes into uh, something I had mentioned like oh a while ago might have, maybe an hour ago um, was me thinking of changing Willie Mae from a touchstone to a power but oh, yeah. I didn't now I'm kind of at an impasse about it because there's already two powers and a perspective and I do feel like narratively this would be the time where Willie Mae sort of like takes the reins of like, you know, whatever the hell this this, this presence is um, and sort of speaks both on the behalf of like those who know about this presence as well as the presence itself. But there's also like a duality with the supernatural, right? It's that she can only exert so much control over it. It's still going to do what it wants to do. I think if you want to make Willie Mae uh power you should just do what you feel like you want to do yeah i totally agree it's it's, like having having a bunch of powers on the board just means that there are a bunch of powers competing for for play right yeah okay let's make it happen (laughs) 
now I have to basically justify. Um, I'm yeah, still on so the page. It's page... Uh, Sharon was on 35. Yep, 35. So show us your change. You've declared you're changing. Um, so we can kind of do this as your reaction to the the scene that just happened, or if you don't want to do it as a reaction, then we should probably hold it till the start of the next scene, which would be your turn anyway. Um, yeah, we might as well get it all out of the way, but uh, did you have anything else that you were uh, going to say, Sharon? No, that was... feel like I cut you that, off. Sorry. No, no, that's it. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, um, so show us your change. Um, so I want to have Willie May go from a touchstone to a power. Um, so there's like something that I've been trying to like lay out with Willie May over the past few games with like conjuring and sort of like being a familiar to the spirits that I feel have been inconsistent at different points um, that I kind of want to, you know, tie up some loose ends. So she's like run the gamut with her feelings about the supernatural from like basically wanting to tap into them to like so destruction um to sort of like atone for jim being arrested without any evidence but willie may like doesn't actually realize like just how much the human cost of this is i mean even though the sheriff's building got destroyed it's like so did many other places and you know it's it's kind of like while she can have this power fantasy that you know the spirits will only guide destruction to like the halls of capital and the thrones of power these also affect like black folks that she you know or just everybody that she's very close to like the black community feels the reprisals for what's going on and now she finds herself trying to mediate between like all right like how can we tone it down a little bit but also how can we still tap into this power for some larger social good whatever that looks like nice that was a lot so i'm sorry if i'm rambling no 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 no, no you're, you're good, good. And then what is Willie Mae giving up to enact this change? Ooh. 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 <laughs> I would say it does it have to be it has to be a price paid or like an incipient price that is to be paid if she fails. It has to be a price paid now, right? Yeah, this is a this is a price that you have paid in order to move from perspective to power. Um, one of her kids gets injured by, like, the spirits or something, like, as part of those reprisals, on top of, like, you know, Jim losing his, like, eyes, who she cares about deeply, but one of her kids, I don't know, like, if, if we can assume that, like, the spirits are possessing people like Travis, then, like, who's to say that there aren't other people also being possessed that you know, might inflict harm upon others that are inflicting harm upon others, you know? Yeah, totally. Uh, and I think because it's, this is a price, right? So I think that the, whatever, I, I almost feel bad doing this, but I think that the injury, whatever it is, is something that has to be permanent, right? It's, this isn't, this isn't something that the, that the adopted child will ever 
completely recover from. So I don't know. This is going to sound like maybe not insensitive, but definitely. Um, I'm thinking like loss of limb or something like that. Is is that like kind of the mood or like something more than that? I mean, I, I think it's up to you. I think if it's if it's something permanent, if it's something that, you know, Willie would come back and discover it and it would kind of shake her, then it works. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like someone possesses a driver while driving the car while one of her kids are playing outside and then basically mm-hmm. runs over the kid, um, basically forcing them to like amputee one or both of their legs. It's kind of like a, you know, polio tie-in, even though it's not polio, it's, right. you know. Yeah. What uh, we need a name for for this kid as well. Uh, so her name is uh, shit. Uh, Lula. Okay, and then yeah. pro- probably Lula Hooks if she's the adoptive yeah. adopted daughter. Lula and Lorraine Hooks. Yeah, those are the uh, two kids. Willie May's two children. Yeah. Okay. All right. And L- Lula's the one who uh, who was injured. Yes. Okay. How old are they? Um, Lorraine is about 12 and Lula uh, maybe 8. Man, wow. <laughs> Yikes. But uh, these are the stakes we're, we're playing with, right? This is what's, what's going to make it real. What were you going to say, Sharon? Oh, I was just going to say, so Lula is injured by a driver that's basically possessed by um, a supernatural force. But from the supernatural forces point of view, they are doing it to try to, um, I guess, punish Willie Mae for meddling more than she used to. Is that the general idea? I I dig it. Um, It's not something I had in mind, but I I could dig it. Um, How does everybody else feel? I I mean, we we could also just not know why. Yeah. Right? I think that that is the... I was thinking like a kind of randomness of like, you know, the spirits are so uncontrollable. Um, but I think oh, it yeah. still has that effect on her as like Willie May. We don't know what the spirits are trying to do, but Willie May takes it as like, oh, snap. Like, is this at all to do with me? Like, am I not trying hard enough, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And whether or not the driver of the car was possessed or anything can be up in the air as well. Right. It can okay. just be yeah. okay. It can be the meddling of fate. Okay, so Willie May is now a power, and we still need Jake to advance a card. Oh, crossroads for sure. Okay, I can toss it in there for you. Just so we are all on the, just so the listener at home is on the same page. There are there's one box remaining in the current crossroads card, one box remaining in the time passes card. And all the boxes, five of them, remaining in the crisis box. And is it like this current crossroads? It's all wrapped up. We have one more check in the crossroads Correct. card. Correct. Yep. One more, yeah. one more cross in the crossroads card, and we will be resolving it. Willie May Hooks, one is your time turn. to pass, though. Hold on. So I just typed in the uh, group chat that I'm going to be AFK for like literally 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah, yeah. We can um, pause. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's actually. It would be good to like take a quick break. So let's do so. Hi, sorry, give me one second. I just want to eat a quick snack, just like one cookie. <laughs> one second. While Sharon's chewing, I used our brief break to think. Um, I want to do time passes instead of crossroads with my box. I'm like, 
I'm allowed to do stuff as a player, not a uh, character, right? I feel very strongly that I want time to pass. Okay, I'm mostly back. Okay. I just need to put my headphones back in. Hold on. Ah. Oh my god, now they're tangled! <laughs> <laughs> How has this happened? <laughs> Poor Sharon. <laughs> okay, so uh, Kiefer, kick us off with your revisal. Yeah, um, I want to mark time passes instead of crossroads. I feel pretty strongly that it would be nice to have a little bit more time pass before we resolve, especially if this if we're thinking this might be our last crossroads. Awesome. Cool. I dig it. Okay. So that means before we go on to Gary's next scene, we need to resolve the time passes card. Which is page 76. Thank you very much. All right. When all the boxes on the time passes card are checked, we take a break from the action and let some time go by in the kingdom. It is a lull in the drama that gives the characters a chance to reflect on their lives. Follow these steps to resolve time passing. Number one, end game. Decide if this is going to be the end of the game so that everyone knows whether or not this is an epilogue. Don't introduce new characters if the game is ending. Uh, I think we're continuing at least through the crossroad, right? Yeah. Step two, how long? Discuss and agree how much time will pass before play resumes. It should be at least several months, but you could also have years or decades go by. Depending on the nature of your kingdom, it might be fun to jump to a whole new generation of characters or skip ahead hundreds or thousands of years. It's probably too much for our purposes, but what do we think? How long do we want to go? Is it all right if I say some things? Because I was thinking about it while I was thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please do. Or does anybody... <laughs> well, like if, if other people want to like have perspectives before I poison it with my point of view, I wanted to leave space for that. Um, but I was thinking it would be cool to like have the case go cold, but not like super cold, because we did kind of deliberately set this up right before a pretty dramatic moment, right? In like real history like the vietnam war draft starting and like things kind of getting crazy right so like maybe things keep moving forward in town and like i think i could deal with it i i feel like up to five years could pass and like the case goes cold so like travis trent gets released but like is still a suspect and like things sort of just calm down because so much else is going on that people don't really have time to think about the one weird murder and the water park opens and like because the last crossroads had just the mayor not being elected and the sheriff running i don't think like maybe the sheriff doesn't win this time but he can still run for mayor again in the future and there's just like somebody else who steps in and that's that's where my head was at mm -hmm. so like between a couple months to up to five years what do other folks think i feel like five years might be too long well five years would put us at what 1969 mm -hmm. yeah. nice <laughs> god <laughs> go back in the corner <laughs> it's a it's the rule uh, it is the rule you're right <laughs> I am in favor of it being at least one year. I'd be okay going up to going up to five. I think that I was thinking that four years might be good getting into 1968. 
there's I mean there's a lot of stuff happening in every year of the 60s but oh 69 puts us with Manson murders too oh um, oh well, six, six, but, I mean, 68 is the assassination six, of Martin Luther King. It's the assassination of oh, uh, yeah. Robert F. Kennedy. There's there's a lot in 68. There's a lot in 69, too. Yeah. Uh, and then mm-hmm. 69 is the, the moon landing. God, that was a very busy end of a decade, huh? Yeah. Gary, what do you think yeah. as far as the amount of time that passes now? Five years, um... Yeah, no, five years is cool. Um, I don't know, for some reason in my head I was thinking like it'd be even longer, which sort of gave me a really cool idea I hope to explore in the next game. Um, but yeah, five is cool. Five is cool. I'm down for four or five now that I'm thinking 68. Okay, well, let's let's leave. But the f- we also have to just remember that, you know, because this is a small southern town and yeah. you know, I'm like from the south, so I can kind of shit on it. Um, I think everybody else is too, but um, things just tend to move at a slower clip. Um, so I think we needn't like get too wrapped up in like, is it three, is it four, is it five, is it six? It's like, yeah, they're virtually indistinguishable here. Sure. Yeah, that's true. So let's give the final determination to Kiefer. What year do we move from 64 into? It, sound, it sounds like we're, we've all kind of agreed on 68 or 69. And nice. Gary was saying we don't need to be <laughs> we don't need to be too granular about it. Um, but what do you think? Uh, let's go 68. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we've jumped ahead by four years. It's now 1968. Step three, retire characters. Each player who wants to retire their old character and start a new one should say so. Does anyone want to retire their character? No. Yeah. Okay. That was my guess. Uh, Gary Kiefer? Nope. Mm, uh. I'm going to wait to retire anyone until we move to um, Sorcerer, I think, just because I feel like... Yeah, same. I, yeah. yeah. I'll, okay. I'll wait. Sure. Step four, the good and the bad. Each player who did not retire their character, that's all of us, narrates what their character's life is like during this hiatus. Tell us something good in your life and something bad in your life. Keep it personal. You can reflect on how changes in the kingdom have impacted you, but the goal is to focus on your character, not the kingdom. You can describe new developments in your own life, marriage, kids, etc., but do not introduce new developments for the kingdom except extensions of what we have already seen. And then read your wish or fear aloud and decide if you want to change it. And our wishes and fears are in the the delivery Google Doc. Does anybody want to go first? Um, I can. I think uh, something... I'm going to start with something bad. I think for whatever reason, um, people just stop coming to Tommy Joe's as much. Maybe there's like a new supermarket in town. Maybe like... I think I think uh, things with the water park do start to pick up a little bit because I think the water park opens during this time. Um, I'm I'm assuming that counts as like a thing that is an extension of what was already in motion. Yeah. It's not introducing something new for the kingdom. I think like I think that's fair. Um, and I think eventually the store he ends up having to like sell or close the store, and I think maybe he gets a job managing the big grocery store or something like that or maybe like that. he 
or yeah, I think it's that because I don't really think I want him. Yeah, I think no, I think he works at Shay J. I think he becomes a waiter slash bartender at Shay J, and it's fine. And it's so he's lost it, but the good part is that he kind of reconnects to the community. And now that he's not in this position of power of like wanting to see things really succeed, like he he got what he wanted and found out that he didn't want it and realized that he was kind of becoming a terrible person in the process. So now he's like being honest with people about the fact that he's like he's not in charge so he's like yeah he's a jewish guy he's dealing with the discrimination he's living as himself and he's part of the community again in a way that he was really losing Uh, his wish was for the kingdom to prosper and gain a bigger national profile um i think his new wish is i don't i don't think that works anymore in quite the Mm -hmm. same way I think it's for the kingdom's prosperity uh, to include or care for the people who live there. Or for the kingdom to prosper without harming the people who live there or who are a part of it. Cool. And just a reminder, you can switch from a wish to a fear at this point as well. Gary or Sharon, do you have any ideas? Yes, I have a good, but I don't know about the bad yet. Well, let's let's um, go for it. Let's workshop it. Okay, so the good is Ruby is pregnant. <laughs> what? I oh god, I don't know the bad. See, that, that's the other thing is that I don't know who the father would be. Um, so maybe that's the bad. Wait, sorry. Did you say the bad is she doesn't know who the father is? I don't, I don't know. I mean, the bad is that, like, right now, I don't have a story for the pregnancy. I just wanted her to be pregnant at this point. That's okay. I mean, um, we can discover that through play. Okay. Yeah, we can discover that through play then. Um, let, let me ask, though, does Ruby know? Yeah, I think she knows. Okay. Yeah. And we need something bad that's happened to her as well. Yeah. I think maybe, um, and tell me if this makes sense, with regard to Jim maybe they've grown distant just because he's been semi-possessed or what have you um so not that they like hate each other or anything which is like they're they're not as close as they once were Mm -hmm. that makes sense to me unless he wants to be the father but I think that won't work (laughs) yeah I don't think that would make sense yeah and then what about your wish or fear I mean I think similar to Jake she's gonna want She's more invested in the community now that she's going to have a child that is growing up in this community and she is less concerned about maybe her own job and what have you and just is also more invested in watching everybody prosper and the whole town. So just sorry to make you do the thing. Can you read your fear or wish out loud? Um, The old one or the new one? The old one and the new one, I guess. Okay, so the old one... Um, was that she fears the um, the speculators, the water park investor people getting out of hand. Um, and then her personal issue before was that she wanted to have more power at work, uh, can't seem to manifest it, um, even though she likes her job. So I think the new, it's a wish rather than a fear, is just like uh, similarly wanting the town to prosper so that 
you know, her kid is going to be raised in a good community. Cool. Dig it. Willie Mae Hooks, do you have one? So in the time, was it four years? Um, one of her daughters is an amputee. The other is in high school. She, you know, that was sort of a wake-up call for her. Um, even though she doesn't quite know what happens, um, she basically relinquishes any desire to use the spirits for harm as she saw that energy come back to you know bite her in the ass it also helped her become closer to her you know daughters because for her her you know idea of motherhood was you know providing for you know her kids materially and certainly it's still that but you know, I think she's also trying to think of ways of like nurture and sort of like care, even as economically their station hasn't changed much, um, despite like the town prospering and everything. So those fears are the same but mitigated, but she also fears like, you know what becomes of the spirits now who like I guess this is more of a larger sort of issue that we can sort of let hang for now but uh yeah sounds good to me was I also supposed to revise her issue as well no just the just the wish or fear okay so the bad that happens to Jake is that he loses his job at the high school and uh, Jim sorry yes Jim Sorry. Yeah. Jim loses his job at the high school. And I think it's just because he's he's distant. His mind is uh effectively preoccupied constantly by it's almost like he's having conversations with himself. He'll just kind of he'll drop out for a while and will be lost in thought such that people have difficulty gaining his attention. Uh, which doesn't work when you're trying to to deal with a bunch of high schoolers. How much does he know about, like, have we established at all what it is like, like the change in him in terms of, like, being possessed possessed or um, well, I, exactly what's happening? I definitely don't think he is possessed. I think that he is, okay. he has, in the terms of sorcerer, he, is bound, he has bound a demon to himself. Okay. And... Do we know what that looks like for him? Well, I think I think that's kind of what I'm getting at with him being a little bit more vacant, right? Not mm, not that okay. he is actually vacant, but that he is he is having conversations with another being that is sharing his body, right? Okay. And yeah. uh, the powers that the the demon has, I'm honestly just going to kind of play it fast and loose a little bit, since we're playing Kingdom. Anyway, as far as what it looks like for him. There are the conversations he has, and then, I don't know, I think lots of loneliness, right? I think that uh, despite him being tied to this community now, he is also irrevocably different from it, right? So what is the, what's the good thing that happens for Jim? Maybe, maybe the good thing is that people lose interest in him. For a while, he was kind of the focal point of the town. Not for very long, right? Just for a few days. But with the, just looking at the the crossroads card, Jim will be wrongfully accused, which has already happened. 
they will accept Trent if they don't find the killer. And if they do find the killer, then they won't be interested in Jim anyway. And I think that he kind of slides into anonymity. This is something something else we, we can explore. He's lost his job, but he doesn't work anymore. You know, for some reason, we can leave these as unexplained things or explore them in the next few scenes, but for some reason, his power just stays on when he stops paying the power bills. He always seems to have just enough money in his wallet, even though he never takes money out of the bank for, you know, to buy groceries and essentials. It's not like he's living in luxury or anything, but his his material day-to-day needs just kind of seem to be provided, which which might be less the association with his demon than, or whatever it is we wind up calling them, than his being ta- tied to the town, right? I think maybe it is the town itself which is providing for him as its kind of sacrificial lamb, almost. So his wish and fear, definitely going to change. His fear was that elements from the swamp will overwhelm the town, which has happened, right? Kind of <laughs> yeah. literally in his in his body, the swamp has overwhelmed the town. I think his new wish, switching from a fear to a wish, he wants to find connection with another human again. He feels less and less human every day, and he wants to he wants that to change. Uh, so that was step four of the time passes card. Step five, crisis fades. If there are any checked boxes on the crisis card, players get to decide whether the situation in the kingdom has calmed down. Your decision may be influenced by how other players describe their characters' lives. There are no boxes in the crisis card at the, or no checks on the crisis card at the moment, so we can skip that. And then step six, introduce new characters. We don't need to do that because no one left. And then step seven, make a new time passes card. All right. That is the Time Passes card, which has been resolved. And now it is Willie Mays' scene in 1968. Welcome back. (laughs) Um, I'm just, just been thinking about what we can do. Let's see, so locations. The locations are like largely the same, right? Yep. I mean, I think the clearing is much smaller now that the water park has been finished. To say the least. Um, and y'all said Tommy Joe's is like kind of... As closed. Not in vogue anymore. Okay. So or, or been sold, rather. I don't know. I guess I feel like I started with the boardwalk last time when we you know, first started this. So we can kind of wind back to that. It's um, Willie Mae doing her night shift that hasn't changed, um, although she doesn't go to the shark pit as much anymore uh, because she's like more concerned about her two girls at home. Um, but she's at the boardwalk. She's making her rounds. And let's see, who do I want in this scene? Jake Brown is mayor now, right? No. No, we, we haven't resolved the crossroad yet. So Jake is just working at um, Shay J as a bartender and waiter. Okay, I guess we can do it there then. Shay J, how do you feel about that, Kiefer? Yeah, great. So Shay J, Willie Mae, um, I guess goes in for a drink before she goes to work. And I don't know, I feel like it'd be nice to have the whole crew in this scene. Okay. You know, just to sort of like have everybody together before we go off on our own plot lines again. I don't know. 
how's everybody feel about that yeah i'm good with that what time of day is it um it's about 6 p.m um so like right at the end of happy hour uh which is i guess from four to seven right sure yeah yeah can i can i say just from how i set up what's been happening to jim can i say that he's already there with the exception of jake he's there before ruby or willie may and there is there's like a plate of food set in front of him that he's kind of pecking at and that yeah. if if someone were to ask jake when when it was put down in front of him jake would have trouble answering precisely when or if he paid or anything like that mm, okay what would ruby be doing at shay j um, I mean, she might just come in before her shift at the bar just to get a snack or something. Um, okay, so we can assume that, like, at least Willie, May, and Ruby sort of, like, bump into each other often there before they go off to work. Yeah. And Jake is the bartender there. Um, how does Jake feel about bartending um, at Shay J, um, even with all of his, like, sort of social political ambitions? He, I think, likes it. I think it uh, gives him, I think it hasn't really taken away his political ambition, uh, but he's thinking of it in a much different way now. He's much more interested in, like, building a coalition by getting to know everybody and hearing about their troubles and what they are hoping for for the future of the town. He's kind of, like, taken a step back and is planning his next move from behind the bar. And he, he also is... likes having something more in common with his sister, being able to, like, have her come into his bar and go into hers and like hang out and you know yeah and it seems like he's like much more content with you know not necessarily the way things are but like with himself yeah thanks uh yeah that gives me a better idea of what to do um i think we're just um willie may sort of walks in uh still rocking the blue overalls um, she has her usual spot at the counter, which is, you know, I guess like a bar counter. It's like been cleaned a thousand times, but it's forever sticky. So she's like real careful not to like place her elbows down on it, but eventually does out of habit. She goes to Jake and says, oh, hey, Mr. Brown, I'll uh, have my usual fixings. Coming right up, Willie. You know I like it bubbly. Mm-hmm. What am I bringing you? I I don't know. Just uh, whatever came to your mind is her her favorite drink. <laughs> Something with soda in it. I don't know. Uh, when you said bubbly, I was imagining champagne. In a previous episode, Willie May ordered a rum and orange, I believe. All right. Well, we'll do like a rum and orange with Coke because she likes the bubbles. Mm, I was going to say rum and orangina. Rum and Coke is better. Maybe with like an orange wedge, though, instead of a lime. Yeah. I, I've never heard of an orangina. What's that? It's a like quote unquote healthy sparkling orange juice drink that like I drink a lot as a kid. It's delicious. Yeah, I used to drink that too. With, with the rum. Yeah. I've never mixed it with rum. Oh, not with the rum. I've never heard of. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so, it's like orange soda, but it's like. Um, with juice. Like lighter yeah okay well she'll have that and she thanks jake you know uh you know it seems like uh you very surprised mr brown like it, it seems you've really uh taken to this little spot in the wall um you know is everything all right yeah you know it's 
I miss being my own boss, I guess, but it's the same business. I'm just giving people what they need, making sure they eat, making sure they drink, giving them a place to come and gather. It's not a terrible life. Hey, well, you know, me and my folks have always been about that, but, you know, it's, it's, it must be nice to, like, you know, mellow out, especially after everything that's happened, you know, these past few years. Yeah, I got a, I don't know, something came over me. It wasn't, I wasn't myself for a little bit there. It, it feels like, feels like I'm back on the right track. I can certainly see it. I haven't seen you smile this much in a really long time. Probably since around the time we first met. Yeah. But it's good to have people who remember you back then. Hey, well, you know, thankfully, you know, even though what happened in the past happened in the past, you know, all we can do is uh stay moving forward. But I gotta tell you, yo, like, I've known you for a long time and um you know, as happy as you are now, I want you to, um, you know, it sure would be nice if we, you know, could get some of that ambitious Jake back, you know, especially given who's like running the show these days. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe I can find a way to, maybe I can find a way to be both guys. It's, I spent a long time trying to be a lot of different people. Maybe I can just be all of them at once. Yeah, well... Can we- What's up? Oh, I was gonna say, can we have, um, I guess Ruby? I was just about to, yeah. In. Okay, nice. I was just about to, uh, yeah, I was about to say uh, she was gonna say something and then like cut herself off in mid sentence and say, "Oh, Miss Batai." <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hey, guess you're off to your shift too, huh? Yeah, not in in about an hour. Not too long from now. Yeah, how's uh how's how, I was just talking to uh Jake about how everything's uh been. Even though we see each other in here all the time, I've you know never like checked in. Uh, everything good? Yeah, it's good with me. Hey, Jim, I haven't seen much of you lately. Actually, how how are you doing? Jim stands up and walks over to the three of you. And just uh, kind of totally, totally flat expression says, what? What is so funny about this? Uh, I just feel bad for my homie Jim, man. I know. I feel Um, like this has demoralized him. I mean, he's carrying a demon with him. I know. (laughs) And he says, I found Jeremy Phelps killer. Whoa, what? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Excuse me? How? When? When did this happen? How did this happen? What are you talking? Who is it? (laughs) Uh, Me me as Noah has no idea, but um, (laughs) but Jim has has found it. Stop, stop. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I've been seen, right? Yeah, I think it has to be. Yeah. Uh, great. So, reactions. I don't think Jim is going to have a reaction to this scene. Uh, would Ruby, uh, Willie, or Jake like to? I mean, obviously, I think they're probably all very taken aback by this. I don't know about a specific. Um, I want to change my role. Can that be part of my reaction? Sure. Yeah, I think the reaction is just 
Jake being at the bar and talking to people as they come in, like, or the next day, maybe. And for whatever reason, it's just in the air again, and he's hearing people talking about Jeremy Phelps in a way that nobody has for quite a while, and just talking to folks about it. And I think I'm going to... I don't know if this is fair or not, but I kind of want to say that I want to change to Touchstone, and I want his big, gigantic life change in time passes to count as the main thing he's been he's given up, but that might be cheating, in which case something else can be what he I, gives up or loses. I, I feel like Jake and like Ruby are the only two characters who have like boated like things have you know gotten better and willie made too i guess to the extent that you know her kids but what what tragedy could have befallen jake in the, in the time gap or you know do you want that tragedy to take place after this scene i mean i think i think that because what what Kiefer was saying is is that like the change is is what he's giving up and I think that if we were to root that in something like hopefulness, right? Like like Jake had started to seem like a hopeful, optimistic figure over the four years that had passed. Um, right. Is that the kind of thing you you meant? Keith? Oh, I meant more like him losing his business and like all of his goals and like having this like gigantic financial setback. Oh yeah, um, I, think I think that is just something that happened in time passes. Yeah. Okay. Then I think, um, I think he loses his ambition. I think he stops talking to people because he wants to figure out what they need and he starts just listening and he starts just like really, really doing what he has said he's been enjoying and just like being in the place that he is and getting to know people better and, you know, getting invited over for dinner from time to time and like has regulars who he'll sit down with and have a drink and just really settles in even more stops mm-hmm. trying to be more than he is okay but i i assume that he will when he sees someone in power on the tv he still gets that kind of pang like that could have been me just trying to yeah. get a sense of how this is actually a price that has been paid Oh, I mean, he was planning to, still planning to, like, figure out a way to run for office. Right. Like, he was, right. he's like, yeah, he's giving up his ambition, but I think he's, it's a price in that, like, it probably would have worked out for him in the long run, because um, mm-hmm. he was good at it. He understands people, um, but he's accepting that he's not trying to, uh, he's, like, really coming to terms with just being who he is. So, yeah, there's, like, a pang, I guess, but it's not. It's not like a, I wish that was still me. It's more of a like, huh, that's another path I could have taken. Sure. Um, Willie May, do you have a, a reaction to the scene that just played out? She is definitely shocked. Um, I think that the events of 64 have been on the minds of everyone in the community, um, but you know, they they were hoping that, you know, this new wave of prosperity could kind of put those spheres to bed. But, you know, she basically feels like she knows what Jim is intimating. Although, you know, she doesn't, like, 
you know, know fully. So she's definitely, I guess now that I'm a power, my functions are different than that of a touchstone. I guess she wants to like coax out of Jim exactly like what the fuck was going on. Um, and like how long has Jim known this? Okay. And then I'm going to unsurprisingly advance the crossroad card. And just to be clear, the I do want that thing of everybody kind of it being in the air more, like Jim or Jake being interested in it. When we create new characters, let's differentiate our consonants a little bit more. <laughs> um, Jake, Jim, and Jeremy is just like really killing me. Uh, Travis and Trent. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just really like alliteration, but I I do think like everyone now that it's been brought up, I think the town is like talking about Jeremy Phelps again in a way that they haven't been for a while for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So, my scene, it's the four of us, and we are in. I think we're in Ruby's car. I think <laughs> Jim asked Ruby to pick everyone up and piled into the car and he's asked Ruby to drive everyone out to the clearing. He guides Ruby down some, you know, taking her beat up sport, assuming she still has it, taking her beat up sports car (laughs) along the kind of the back roads until we arrive at a place that no one has been in the past three or four years, which is the shack out in the... Mm -hmm kind of on the edge of the swamp where the last crisis occurred for for three of them. Mm-hmm. I guess Jake might never have been out here before. Probably not. And I think Jim is the first one out of the car and he kind of closes the door behind him and he stands there and waits for everyone to get out. Okay, so are we starting? Let's go for it. Okay. Can I ask a quick so, question? Yeah. How pregnant is Ruby? Is she like that just starting to show or... She extremely pregnant. Not extremely. Let's say halfway there. Exactly. 4.5 months. Yes. <laughs> 20 weeks. Okay, so Ruby obviously recognizes the shack at the edge of the swamp because that's where shit went down last time. So she also climbs out of the car and is just immediately like, why are we back here? Why are we here at all? Jim has kind of clammed up. He wants to hear he wants to hear everyone say a few things before he starts talking. When were you okay. here? Why who is we? Four years ago, almost exactly. We we were here when everything was changing in town. We saw some things. Quick question. Um, is it like apparent to the rest of the townsfolk that it was Ruby and Willie Mae who broke Jim out of prison? Brought no, out of I jail? don't. I don't think so. I think that that was totally because there was like the beginnings of a riot happening. I think that it's just been kind Drowned of covered out. over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Ruby responds to, I mean, Willie, sorry, Willie Mae responds <laughs> to Ruby and um, says, uh, Jake. Mr. Brown, you ever asked yourself exactly how uh, young Jim over here managed to get out of prison, like, relatively, like, safe? No, I try not to think about it. 
Uh, well, you know, because me and you go way back, and we we know a bit about each other. I, I guess um, we should just, you know, say it. It was Ruby and I who basically brought Jim to safety. Otherwise, he was going to rot in that jail cell. And we brought him to this here shack right on the edge of the swamp. Gotcha. I mean... probably shouldn't have done that but i guess it all worked out it's generally uh generally frowned on to break folks out of prison wait i have a another question sorry i'm <laughs> like out of character um did the when there were like the tentacles tendrils creepy stuff happening did the towns folks see that they didn't see that did they no they did they did not okay. i i remember us like explicitly talking about how we could see it from a distance but okay jim waits for you know this conversation to die down and then he just says over here and walks everyone to the door of the shack where there is like a a fairly new chain and padlock that's been wrapped through the uh through the door handle uh jim why is this locked up and he he fishes for a key in his pocket and he unlocks the padlock and it falls with a heavy thud to the grass so if we're just all gonna be okay with this this seems very odd i don't like i know y'all are i don't know this kid that well jim takes a few steps back and he says one of you should open it why can't you open it jim and he he just stands there with those with those those eyes that have made you grow distant from him oh shit y'all talking too much move aside y'all I mean, <laughs> get this shit open and um and the door opens and that scene <laughs> god because now i think we all have to decide who or what is inside so Ooh. yeah how do we how do we do this well this, right well, Jeremy so Phelps. I have a, <laughs> I have a bunch of ideas, um, a bunch of different routes we could go. So according to Kingdom, we should have our reactions first to the scene. But what I'm thinking we might want to do instead is because I'm going to put an X in the crossroads box, and then this will probably be the end of our session of Kingdom, and we could just skip to resolving the card, and that is where we could decide who or what is inside the shack. Okay, yeah. How does that sound yeah, to Kiefer or Gary? I don't really have a reaction in this moment, so... Okay. So, I have put the final check in the crossroad <laughs> box. Step one, end the game. Decide together if this is going to be end of, the end of your game. Doesn't change how the crossroad is resolved, but it may change what we decide to make happen. Uh, I think it probably is. Yes, I agree. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Step two, set the stage. Read aloud the crossroad and all the items in the yes and no columns to remind everyone what is at stake. The crossroad, will the town discover Jeremy Phelps' killer? If the town does, the killer burns is an order that I have made. Kiefer made an order, uh, although he's no longer a power, so one of the other powers would decide that Jake would be elected mayor. And it actually then... is a... Uh the if you give up your power they automatically get 
followed through. Oh, so Jake will be elected mayor if the mm -hmm. town discovers Jeremy Phelps' killer. Thank you for that clarification. And then Sharon made a prediction that Willie May would become a more powerful figure in the town. If the town doesn't discover Jeremy Phelps' killer, uh, Jim will be wrongfully accused. I'm going to go ahead and remove that because we've all kind of agreed that already happened. Uh, Kiefer made two orders under the no column that the t if the town doesn't discover the killer, that the sheriff would be elected mayor, and then that they would accept Travis Trent as the killer in the real killer's place. So, sorry, I want to push back on removing Jim being accused or falsely accused. I think uh, the way I'm, I was thinking about it was like maybe since we have both of those things, the rules for the perspective are the same. Since you're not a perspective anymore, you can't undo a prediction. Yep. So maybe like what happens here is like, if, if that were to go through how I was kind of imagining it is like, they will legally accept that Travis Trent was the real killer. Like mm. that's the thing that everyone will decide, but there will be like kind of a belief in the town that Jim was really behind it. Right. There will always be this lingering suspicion. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Step three, the decision for power. Our current power characters are Willie Mae Hooks and Jim Lewis. So we're the ones who will decide. Each player with a power character declares whether they are making the kingdom decide yes or no on the crossroad. No one else gets to vote. Describe how your character <laughs> makes it happen. If you can't explain how your character uses their power to affect the outcome, you can't vote. One thing I would like to clarify, and this is a question, is whether we are deciding the four of us to be the town, to be representatives enough to fulfill, quote unquote, the town in the crossroad here, or if that's another decision we're gonna have to make. So let's decide right here, just by discussing it, what's, what's inside, and then we can decide if the town itself discovers it. The four of us are going to know the question is whether or not the rest of the town will ever learn. Okay. So what what's inside? And I had a number of ideas. It could be, okay. so I'm just going to float these. The Maybe the most banal example I came up with was Elijah, Ezekiel's mm -hmm. nephew from a couple episodes ago. Another idea I had was that there would be just a mirror inside the shack and that whoever opened it is the person that Jim is accusing. <laughs> Or uh, there could be some kind of creature, whether it's a, a demonic entity or an animal or something like that. What do what do y'all? And those are by no means our only options. But what do y'all think? I kind of like what Gary said too that it might just be Jeremy Phelps. I mean, like some version of yeah, yeah. I I don't love the mirror idea, um, but I'm totally open to. I think Elijah's interesting because there's all sorts of, like why it happened and yada 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 and I think the demonic entity I kind of cross in my mind cross over with Jeremy Phelps like he something got into him and killed him because he wasn't ready for it yeah or it could be that like the body they found was like a fake um, like a supernatural fake and that the actual Jeremy Phelps has been like surviving in the swamp somewhere for God knows how long, but I mean, that might be a stretch. Oh, I like that too. That's, that's really, yeah, that's good. Like, is he teaching the spirits how to play football? 
got a whole team out there now. Or like the spirits were the only reason he was ever good at football and he thought that he had enough time to like make it to college, but they took him before that and he's been like serving as their vessel ever since. <laughs> like, uh, oh my God, like the bargain with the devil to like, yeah, like the crossroads thing. My my one concern is that, I mean, I, I so I really like the idea that Phelps didn't actually die or or that he did die because of something because of a poor choice on his part i don't know that that we've kind of earned just from the amount of time we've spent with phelps which is not much i don't know if we've earned the the deal with the devil narrative yet yeah yeah so i could be like it could also be like a withered like half human version of phelps that like isn't fully human and isn't fully something else Mm -hmm. yeah that's actually kind of what i was thinking what if what if it is phelps's body that has been exhumed but it is still moving so i guess i guess zombie like right is the Mm -hmm. the territory we've wandered into but yeah what do we what do we think about that and we don't we don't have to answer exactly why he is this way right we don't have to solve every aspect of the mystery um yeah no I'm, I'm 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 definitely with it being like a some sort of apparition uh, that takes on the guise of jeremy phelps or his body whatever um but or it I, could just be i'm oh, sorry go on but you know the elijah bit like because we haven't seen him in a while i don't know but then have we spent much much time with Elijah either for him to like be the sort of you know mastermind behind this? I don't know. I guess of the supernatural aspect, I'm more interested in it being more like explicitly spiritual than just like a not quite dead body. Right. Yeah. The same. Yeah. Um. So I, I like, guess I would say. Go ahead, Sharon. Oh, I was gonna be like um. Like the what was it like smoky tendrils? Mm-hmm. Just like a mass of smoky tendrils. I don't know. We could I don't also know if that becomes too Lovecraft. What if it is just Jeremy Phelps? And what if this is going back to I think an idea that Sharon suggested? What if the body was okay? Here we go. What if the body was <laughs> something that was grown that he? Mm that was left behind in order to mask his in order to make it seem like he was dead and he's been living in the swamp ever since so mm-hmm. we get we get the moment where the first time we see Phelps he looks almost zombie like right because he's covered in in kind of swamp muck uh, yeah. so it yeah. looks like he has been exhumed from something but it is actually just a 21 year old Jeremy Phelps who's been living in the swamp all this time just grizzled and, and swampy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sure. and sure. Kiefer, are you unhappy with this answer? No, sorry. That was like a that I um I kind of thought that this is what was going to happen to Jim, so I'm totally fine with it happening to Jeremy Phelps. It's great. I think it's wonderful. I think it's delightful. Okay, so we open the door and now now actually, let's like work it a little bit now let's have our reactions so the door swings open we see jeremy phelps sitting there and 
Jim just kind of in the the barest, most useless explanation possible says he grew another body for himself. He's been living in the swamp. And then let's let's like get reactions. Sorry, um, there are people like clapping outside. Can I just pause for two seconds and close my window? Yeah. That's because okay, we're having sorry. a good fucking game. <laughs> yes. They hear this transatlantic flago. Um, I think it sounded like Jake had a reaction. Yeah, I, he didn't grow another body. He must have just, I don't know, like he killed someone and dressed them up. Like, you can't grow another body. And as part of that reaction, do you want to do anything with your touchstone power? My understanding of a touchstone power is that by saying things, they're true for the town. So, like... Yep. I think the town would, if we brought Jeremy Phelps in as Jeremy Phelps' killer, they'd be like, oh, so, like, we need to do some sort of DNA test, or, like, we won't even bother because this is so obviously what happened, and time is crazy, and can you even do a DNA test in 1964? Or 68, for that matter? Willie May or Ruby, do you—Jim's not going to have a reaction because he is, he is initiated in yeah. all of this, but— um, I think Ruby just asks— what do you mean he grew another body? Was this, like, was this one of you? And she looks kind of accusatorily at um, Jake and Willie Mae because she has seen them both interact with uh, with the supernatural. You mean Jim and Willie Mae? God, yes, that's it. <laughs> hey, I was confused for a second. <laughs> Sorry, yes, Jim and Willie Mae. Um, <laughs> he, he does not have the same facilities that I do. He is more likened to Willie May. Hmm. <laughs> Je- you mean Jeremy? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Willie May is like, for once, like completely stumped and like, you know, just keeps going on about how, like, she never heard about this either in the books or through legends. Like, this is just some like total nut shit. All right. Um, and then now is the time if Ruby, if you would like to make a prediction or if Willie May, you would like to make an order about the resolution of the crossroad. Now's the time. No, I, no. Okay. Does Willie May want to make an order for the kingdom? So like, to be clear, this is not, this is like a spirit that's taken on the form of Jeremy Phelps or is this actual? This is this is actually Jeremy Phelps who used some kind of of entity to grow another body for himself, which he then either killed faked or it was death. dead. Yeah, he faked his own death. Oh wow! Um, we can say that there have been like rumors of Jeremy's ghost inhabiting the swamps, much like the spirits themselves do. Um, and there have even been a few people who, like, stake out at what remains of the clearing that have seen him for himself, but nothing substantial, like, comes from it. I think with this, though, I don't know, do they try to bring it, do they try to bring this forward? And, like, if so, what happens? I would almost think that they don't, right? Like, I know Willie Mae just is like, nah, fuck this shit. Um, because I think exposing, like, Jeremy's, like, status of life 
will then like incite the spirits to like reanimate okay yeah i mean so so we have moved on to step three at this point which is making the decision each player with a power character that's gary and myself declares whether they are making the kingdom decide yes or no on the crossroad no one else gets to vote and gary it sounds like you were saying vote no no okay um and that to be is clear, how... the the town will believe that jeremy faked his death because that's what jake believes as the touchstone yeah so does that change how you want to vote gary like they're not going to think it was all crazy supernatural that's the, that's the problem it's like they can believe he faked his death, but I, I think the firebrand in me wants to just say yes to see what happens. Um, but I'm still going to say no. And Jim is going to vote no as well. And I think I'm just going to do this because I'm about to be a GM anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim steps forward. And so even though this was on the yes side of the, the crossword card, Jim steps forward once Willie has kind of made her case known that Jeremy shouldn't be released. Jim steps forward and puts a hand on Jeremy's forehead and uh, fire starts to consume Jeremy's body. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. And it consumes him fairly quickly. Uh, He screams. I think he's still human, right? Jeremy's still human. And the flames kind of envelop him and the chair that he had been tied into until the shack itself is kind of a roaring bonfire. Wow. On that note, step four, (laughs) orders for power characters. For each order a power character put on the winning side of the crossroad, which is no, the power player who controls it decides whether to let it happen or cancel it. If no one controls the order because that character is no longer power, it happens automatically. So the two orders on the no side are that the sheriff will be elected mayor, uh, which is Kiefer, who's no longer a power character, which means that Sheriff Whitney Travis in 1968 is elected mayor. And they will accept Travis Trent. So they reopen the case and they have their no, wrongfully accused, I mean, but they believe. Yeah, I think I think Trent just kind of stays, stays on the books, right? Travis Trent... Yeah. Um, spends the next 20 years in prison yeah i think maybe the maybe something has to happen for it to go from being like a cold case to them convicting trent okay what are your thoughts uh i don't know my instinct is that my instinct is that jim has something magical because he's magical now and can like add some sort of dna evidence or something again dna but like there's some way or like a new witness comes forward and talks to the sheriff or the sheriff believes that a new witness has come forward or something so that's so that's just what jim does jim see okay yeah this is this is what happens jim sees that travis's that whitney travis is running for mayor again whether or not he won and because we know he was running in 1964 whether or not he wins is he won in 64 is up for debate but he's running again in 68 and jim goes to him and says basically makes a deal with him says i will help you permanently close this case now which will help your career immensely 
and Jim says that he's remembered seeing Travis Trent in the clearing the night he discovered Jeremy Phelps's body. Perfect. Yeah, that's great. Okay, and then later that year, Sheriff Travis is elected mayor. Step five, predictions. For each prediction on the winning side of the crossroad, there's only one. The prospective player who controls that prediction resolves it. Let's see. And then it just happens if there's no perspective for that anymore, I believe. So Jim will be wrongfully accused. And this ties into his deal he makes with Travis, right? It's all too... For anybody who actually pays any attention whatsoever, it's all too neat. It's too neat of a bow. And it's too helpful for Travis's campaign for him to get that news right when he got it. And so for the rest of his life, at least until the 1980s, people look askance at Jim and his hope of being more connected with anyone just sunders, right? Because people are suspicious of him. Yeah, that's perfect. Step six, popular reaction, touchstone. Wait, real quick. Yep. If a character, if a prospective character never made a prediction for this crossroad, they can make one now and have it come true immediately. So if you wanted to, Sharon, or anybody else could change into perspective right now and do it, but just you have one last chance to just have something happen in the world if you want to. I'm pretty good with how this is going right now. So step six, popular reaction touchstones. We have one touchstone, which is Jake Brown. Each touchstone decides whether everything that has happened during the crossroad has brought the kingdom closer to disaster or calmed the situation down. Show what your character thinks about what has happened. Say where you are and what you think. This shows us what the people of the kingdom feel. And then if you think the situation is bad for the kingdom, you may check a crisis box. If you think it's good, you may uncheck one. There are currently no checks on the crisis boxes. Or do nothing if you prefer. Yeah. We have Jake in the bar, and he's talking about, like, just how it feels to be in the town and how it feels to be, like, there's just a lot of shots of him chatting with people about being kind of uneasy about the new mayor and, like, happy that things are finally settled, but not really feeling like they're settled in a way that is super great. And I think Jake especially feels kind of complicit in this or completely complicit in this because he knows that he's the reason Travis Trent was ever implicated in the first place and he's come a long way since then and now he feels pretty confident that he's put an innocent man or he knows for a fact that an innocent man is in prison because of him and he's not getting anything out of it and he doesn't know that the town is getting anything out of it so I think everybody in town just sees kind everybody in town feels complicit everybody knows that they are responsible for perhaps sending an innocent man away and that they did it because it's what their town needed but they all they all already know that they've made a compromise inside themselves and I think that is a crisis box mm-hmm. cool all right step seven reflection one at a time read your wish or fear aloud is that still what your character is thinking about if not you can change to a different wish or fear and this isn't so much for us to continue playing with but it will be good I think for us to see what your character is feeling in the aftermath of these events I can go first so Jim's 
new wish was to find connection with another human. And I think that remains, right? After the events at the clearing, I I doubt that the, you know, the only two people who might have been willing to be close to him again would be Ruby and Willie May. And Gary and Sharon, you can contradict me on this, but I don't see mm-hmm. them, you know, returning to his side anytime soon yeah. after the events at the clearing. And then for Ruby's wish, I mean, I think it's still the same. She still feels it's important for the town to thrive for the sake of her future child. So she is, I guess, a little bit more okay with being complicit in having an innocent man in jail because she thinks it's going to be best for her family moving forward. All right. Gary? Yeah, she just feels like there's nothing that she could do to help get this man out of jail so she's not even going to try but she does feel like a deep-seated guilt not just for you know her shenanigans you know whining getting this man arrested but also indirectly you know harming one of her children even though like they can look back and say like not much about their lives have changed mostly for the better She's still, like, materially in the same place she was four years ago. But, you know, definitely a changed woman. And how does that translate into a new wish or fear for Willie Mae? I think she still has an affinity towards the supernatural, but is learning how to let go of her, like, sort of malicious streak and trying to understand like how can she use these powers for at least some kind of good even if she feels as though she should leave it alone um there's something telling her she can't okay and jake yeah jake's wish is for the kingdom to prosper without harming the people who are part of it and i think that's still what he's thinking about but it also can't be because he knows that the kingdom has harmed the people who are part of it. So I think the new fear is like that the compromises the kingdom has made or the compromises the delivery has made will permanently mar something about the soul of the town. Nice. That's really good. And step eight, check time passes. Check a box on the time passes card. Every crossroad brings us closer to a break in the action, including at this point, the end of the game kind of a heavy end to our game of kingdom here but we've come up with a really i think interesting town the livery in the outskirts of houston lots of interesting dynamics we now have a shitty sheriff who has become mayor at least in 1968 we'll have to see how that resonates through (laughs) through the future yeah does anybody want to say anything else before we wrap it up no, I'm I'm excited for what this means for uh, the 80s and Sorcerer. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Next time, we will be playing Sorcerer. We'll be jumping ahead. I think, I've been thinking about it, and I think we'll probably just jump to 1984, do it 20 years after most of Kingdom, which took place in 64. It, I think, is going to be more focused on the Rogue, the kind of Zydeco jazz club. We've got a lot of decisions to make between now and then. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye.
Okay. I don't know how to end a podcast, but I think I ended a podcast just now. Yes. to Channel 5 News. 20 years ago, our small town was racked by a tragedy that's echoed down the decades, and now it seems maybe back. Maggie Dupree has more. I'm standing outside the former home of Jeremy Phelps, the hometown football hero who was found dead, murdered, almost 20 years ago in the swamp locally known as The Clearing, but nothing about the case was ever clear. For four years, the Phelps family was plagued by reports of Jeremy's ghost wandering the clearing, never speaking, draped in the muck of the swamp. They say the sightings abruptly ceased in 1968, a welcome reprieve from reminders of their son's gruesome death. However, now, 20 years later, the Phelps say that the sightings have picked back up again, especially in the alligator-infested ponds nearest the channel. Could it be that these rumors are related to the fact that Travis Trent, the man convicted of murdering Jeremy Phelps, is rapidly approaching his release date? It seems that, for the Phelps family, there's no recovering from the fallout of this horrible crime. This has been Maggie Dupree for Channel 5 News, The Livery.